Hey guys, how y'all doing today? I hope you guys are doing all right. And uh, I hope you can hear me and see me. Um, how is everyone doing? How was your uh, holiday? How was your um, Thanksgiving? Uh, I pray that you guys had um, a, a great time with family and that you were able to get some rest. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to, um, just trying to take this off. Hold on. This is, uh, <laughs> this is so unprofessional, you guys. I'm not very professional, am I? And I'm coming on unscheduled. Like, who am I today? Like, who am I this week? I don't even know. <laughs> um, so, I'm here uh, with another episode um, of How to Slay in Prayer. And uh, I want to talk to you guys today about weariness. Weariness. Um, what to do when you're weary uh, in battle. Is it wrong to feel weary? Um, so, yeah, let me get this here. There we go. Okay. Just wanted to get the title up <laughs> so, you, so you guys could see. <clears throat> so today we're talking about weariness. And um, I wasn't going to come on because, you know, um, I was actually like going to take the whole <laughs> another day, a whole another day just to rest. Um, but sometimes I just feel, you know, like uh, I, I have so much on my plate that I'm doing and trying to do and trying to, you know, create this and do that. And. It is just uh, a lot sometimes. Um, I work uh, as well as, you know, um, teach here online. So, you know, I, um, uh, I'm i an English teacher or in, yeah, English teacher. Um, and I teach uh, English as a second language online for those of you who don't know. Um, and that is my uh, that is my job. But also. Um, ministry is, you know, is, is my job and it is work. It is lots of work. And so, um, yeah, uh, I just wanted to, uh, uh, get kind of, you know, take a couple days to kind of back up every now and then you need to just back up and kind of look at what you're doing and see if it's, um, impacting, if, if it's impacting, uh, anyone, if it is, um, is there anything you need to change or, you know, things like that. And I'm very much, um, very, very much, um, in favor of that. I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it, it's probably a perfectionist thing. Um, I, I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to the things that I, uh, that I create and that I do. And, um, yeah, uh, Sometimes, you know, it works in reverse. You're trying to be, make it perfect. Um, sometimes make, trying to do things perfect means that, you know, you delay and you procrastinate because you, because it's not 
right. You know, it's not um, the way you want it. So you just prefer to do nothing yet or, you know, or you do it and then, you know, you just struggle with the fact that, you know, there's, it, it's flawed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's me. And, um, um, yeah, I don't even know why I told you guys that it doesn't even matter. Anyway, <laughs> this is just one of those weeks, you know, it's just one of those weeks in um, the past few days. Um, I've been kind of dealing with this, this, uh, this spirit of uh, weariness, the spirit of weariness. And I wanted to come on and talk to you guys about it um, so I can help someone else to overcome it or to beat it, you know. Um, and uh, like I said, you know, I wasn't even going to say anything. Um, I wasn't going to come on because, you know, but the Lord, um, goodness, like this morning, he just kept tapping me on the shoulder and I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. And he's like, <laughs> I need you to get up and say this. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. You know? <laughs> and so, yeah, um, that's why I'm here a little bit spontaneous, unscheduled because I wasn't going to come on. But anyway, we're here and we're going to talk about weariness today. And, um, um, we're going to pray and go ahead and I'm going to share what um, what is in my heart to share with you guys. All right. Is that all right? So. Uh, hello, mama. How are you? <laughs> um, so uh, welcome. Welcome to all of you who are listening by way of uh, podcasts, live podcast and those of you who are watching by live video stream. Um, welcome. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, welcome to you. So um, let's pray and let's get started, okay? Uh, so Father, we just want to thank you for this time. You're allowing us to come together this morning, that you are uh, provoking us to come together this morning and uh, to strengthen one another, Father God, to share and to uh, understand um, how to overcome the spirit of weariness. Uh, Father God, we thank you, Lord God, because uh, you said in your word that, um, you know, to be not weary in well-doing that if we, uh, if we, if we continue that we will reap in due season if we faint not. And so uh, we just want to thank you this morning, Father, for the rewards that are attached uh, to uh, endurance. And uh, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. We welcome you to come in and to uh, teach and to um, speak and to share whatever is on your heart to say uh, to your people today, Lord. We thank you. We love you. We honor you. And we welcome you uh, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. So, um, so yeah. So, we're going to talk a little bit here about weariness. And, um, uh as I you know, mentioned there uh, a few moments ago, um, the word of God says that uh, if we are not weary, it says to be not weary in well-doing, uh, that we, we shall reap in due season if we faint not. And um, that's Galatians 6 and 9 um, says, let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Um, I want to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, some of the things that would make a person uh, become weary. You know, sometimes um, 
Um, you may get weary in prayer. You may get weary. It's not just prayer. You know, I know this is how to slay in prayer, but it's not just prayer. You may get weary in, um, in preaching. You may get weary in teaching. You may get weary um, uh, with family matters. You may get weary with your husband, with your wife. You may get weary, you know, just dealing with people. Um, and dealing with issues in life, uh, dealing with things at work and just, you know, um, trying to uh, maintain and, and balance and overcome uh, things. You know what I mean? Trying to push for your goals and push for your dreams and, you know, all of those things, you know, it, 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 it does make one weary. It makes one weary. Um. Sowing seed makes one weary. Uh, sowing seed will make you weary. Uh, why do I say that? Because the scripture that precedes Galatians 6 and 9 says that um, he that, um, you know, whatever we sow, it says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, right? And it says, if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you will reap life everlasting. And then it says, and <laughs> let us not be weary in well-doing, but it, uh, for in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. So the scripture attaches uh, reaping uh, to sowing, right? Um, and he's saying, you know, uh, it, it says, you know, you will reap whatever you sow, right? So continue sowing, basically. Uh, but to sow where? To the spirit instead of sowing to the flesh. Because if you're sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you know, then you shall reap life everlasting. And so that's very important to note um, uh, to, you know, to, to really kind of be mindful, try to be mindful of uh, why we're feeling weary. You know, what have we been sowing to? Have we been sowing to the flesh or have we been sowing to the spirit? Are we uh, spending too much time trying to handle fleshly matters or are we, uh, you know, spending time uh, spending, you know, time sowing to the, to spiritual matters, sowing our energy and our strength into spiritual things. And so, um, uh, that's one thing I want to know, but everyone gets weary, you know, it's, it's perfectly normal, uh, to feel weary. Um, it is, uh, it is, um, uh, I think, you know, if you're, if you don't ever feel weary, then, you know, something's probably wrong with you. You're so you're probably some kind of super saint and there is no, there are no super saints. There's no such thing as a super saint. Amen. Um, uh, so, you know, um, there's lots of reasons that, that we feel weary or that we feel like, you know, you just want to, you just want to quit or you just, you know, you, you probably may be wondering like, what is it all for? Like, why am I even doing this? You know, why am I continuing to do this? You know, are people even, uh, getting it? Are they even listening? You know, do they even care? Because one thing you'll realize, especially, uh, in ministry, and I'm not talking to people who are already having it together and they're already perfect, you know, um, in this thing, you know, and we talked about perfection before how, um, that perfection means that you are complete in God and you have need of nothing. We are already perfect. Perfect. A lot of people say you can't be perfect. If it weren't so, then God would have never told Abraham, be ye perfect, even as I am perfect. So God, God commands us to be perfect. And what he's telling us is to 
uh, walk in the knowledge and the understanding that in me, you are complete. Perfect means complete, lacking nothing. Amen. And so in me, you lack nothing. Right. Um, But, you know, there's there's no no one is um, in in terms of man's understanding of perfect. um, Of course, no one can be perfect according to your understanding, according to your definition, which is not God's definition at all. But um, no one has uh, arrived. You know what I'm you know what I mean? Like there is no arrival in this thing. There is no arrival. Um, we can, you know, walk and 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 uh, look down on other people as if, you know, well, you know, we've made it already. We've already arrived, and we're holier than thou. And everyone else is still striving to get there. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as arriving. Um, you know, um, we're all laboring for something. This is a race, and it's not uh, a sprint. <laughs> it's not, you know, it, it is a journey. It is a journey. Um, uh, and we have to run our race with patience. Uh, one of the main things that we need to understand about this journey is that it takes, it requires patience. You have to be patient, not only, um, with other people, not only with, you know, with God, because, you know, sometimes we, we don't understand what he's doing and we become impatient, right? Um, we wonder what's delaying us. Um, but we also have to become, uh, learn to be patient with ourselves. We have to learn to be patient with ourselves. Um, most of all, because, you know, you are the only one who can stop you. You are the only one who can, um, who can stop you from, from doing anything or overcoming or, you know, achieving anything. Everything is, is up to you. Um, it's, it's according to your faith, be it unto you. And, um, so, um, yeah, you know, um, people, you know, what we, what you're going to realize, um, and again, I'm speaking to people who are struggling or have struggled with the spirit of weariness. Um, one thing that you will realize, especially in ministry is that, um, at the end of the day, people are going to do whatever they want to do point blank period. People are going to do whatever they want to do. Um, they'll hear you, you know, they'll hear your word. Oh, good morning. Good morning, sis. How are you? <laughs> um, uh, they'll hear your word. You know, they will uh, say amen. You know, they will clap. They will shout. They will roll on the floor. They will do all those things. Um, and um, But at the end of the day, people are going to do whatever they want to do. And that's something that we have to um, come to terms with. And that's something that we have to uh, understand and something that uh, that we have to um, that we have to keep in the, you know, in the in, in the in, in the back of our minds, because if we don't, um, this will this alone will make you weary. It'll make you weary because you, you feel like, you know, you're pouring out and you're giving and you're, you know, you'll feel like you're really, you know, helping people and you're really achieving, you know, this thing and, and, and it, you know, this thing is working and, you know, people are getting saved and people are getting delivered and people are getting free, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, you'll realize that um, people are going to do whatever they want to do. 
Yeah. Um, God, God can't even stop us from doing what we want to do. So who are we to think that, you know, oh, I'm, my, my, my word is so good or my preaching is so good or my ministry is so good or whatever you're doing is so good that it's going to, you know, stop a person from doing what they want to do. And, and what you have and what you carry is not for everybody. That's another thing we need to know is that, um, you know, what you have, uh, what you have to give or what you have to share, the ministry that God placed in your in your life, um, the assignment that he placed in your hands. It, it may not be for everybody. Um, it is for somebody. I know you probably heard that a million times. It is for somebody, but it may not be for everybody. And uh, and that's OK. Just understand that 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 is OK. Um, you want to reach uh, those that God has given unto you to reach. And so, um, yeah, so uh, we have to, uh, we have to just, you know, keep plowing and we have to keep, you know, keep going uh, despite all these things, but keeping these things in mind, because these are the things that will slow you down. These are the things that will make you weary and make you want to even stop if you focus on those things. If you focus on the fact that, oh, wow, you know, maybe it's not working because that's what the enemy wants you to think. You know, he wants you to think you're not doing anything. Well, in fact, you're, you are making a big impact in the kingdom of God. Right. And so um, whether it's prayer, whether it's preaching, whether it's teaching, whether it's just, you know, um, your own personal uh, aspirations, whatever it is, uh, everyone gets weary. Everyone gets weary. And um, uh, I'm going to share a scripture, a few scriptures with you here that the Lord uh, dropped in my heart on this topic. Um, we're going to go to uh, Romans. I'm going to look at uh, Romans 11 and we're going to look at Elijah here. Um, Romans 11 and uh, verse 1. I feel like this is uh, this is very befitting of the times because, you know, right now we're in uh, a major spiritual battle. Uh, we are in a, you know, battle over over this country battle, you know, just uh, over, you know, kingdoms. Kingdoms are at, are at war right now. And uh, if you have been praying in the spirit, then you understand that, you know, we are definitely in one of the greatest battles uh, ever. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, uh, when you are in the heat of a battle, uh, heavy warfare, uh, will make you weary. It will make you weary. Uh, there's no one who has ever stepped out onto a battlefield and, and went to war, uh, even though they may have, they may have counted up the cost and everything, but there's no one who's ever, you know, gone to war that has not become weary in war. It's not become weary in war. Um, you know, war itself will make you weary. It, 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 it drains you. It takes your energy. You know, it depletes you. We are not, uh, um, you know, uh, we still have, we're still flesh and blood, right? So it will deplete you. It will, it will make your flesh feel weary, not your spirit, but your flesh will get weary. And, uh, so, you know, we're going to look at this, um, uh, in Romans uh, 11 and verse 1, Romans 11 and verse 1, um, he says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. 
for I am also an, an Israelite and of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew, right? So this is one of the things that the enemy will, will make, you, make you think is that, you know, well, you know, maybe God just, God is just done with this thing, you know? Not true. It says, God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew, which he foreknew. So he already knows what he has plans, planned for us. He hasn't cast us away. He's not going to cast us away. He said that, you know, um, uh, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. He also said that um, uh, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Um, you know, he's not he has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. He already knows your end from your beginning. And he already knows that, you know, my, his thoughts, his plans, his intents for you, they are good, not evil. Their thoughts of peace to bring you to an expected end. We have an expected end. And so uh, he knows our end uh, from our beginning, right? Uh, so it says, God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not, uh, what ye not, what the scripture saith of Elias? Or do you not know what the scripture said of Elijah? That's the translation. I'm in the King James Version, by the way. How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. Uh, but what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Uh, even so, then at this present time, also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Amen. Um, so let's just pause here for a moment. So God is saying, um, and this is Apostle Paul talking to the Romans, uh, the church of, you know, uh, of Rome. He said, Elijah felt the same way. He even made intercession to God. He even started praying against Israel. And he was saying, you know, Lord, look at what they've done. They've killed all your prophets. They they dug down your altars. You know, they uh, I'm the only one who's left and they seek my life. They want to kill me, too. You know, um, but but God said, no, you know, you're not alone. Listen, sometimes the spirit of weariness um, will make you feel alone. It will make you feel alone. Uh, you will get weary simply because you feel that um, no one understands that, you know, that you are uh, that you are alone in this thing, that you're alone in this thing. Uh, people, you know, you, you'll feel that you're alone in this thing and uh, you will feel that uh, that you have no. Mm -hmm, Amen. I am responsible to obey God and drop the word. Uh, everything after that is is on them and God. Amen. Um, so, you know, so we know this by by knowledge. Um, but the truth of the matter is that the flesh gets weary, the, the flesh gets weary, even though we know what to do. But our flesh will still get weary and make us, you know. Um, even Jesus flesh got weary, you know what I mean? 
Um, and he had to pray and, and, and he had to, uh, cry out great, great, great drops of blood, you know, and tears, um, because he probably felt alone. You know, why, why do I have to do this? And I'm the only one that has to do this, Lord, you know, nobody else, you know, is willing to make this kind of sacrifice, you know, is this really necessary? You know, have you, you know, is this really what you want me to do? You know, like, um, over, you know, overthinking and double thinking yourself, you know, and, 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 trying to uh, come to terms with, you know, is this really what you, what you want me to do? Is this really what you called me to do? You know, um, because it seems like I'm alone. Nobody, at the end of the day, you have to walk that journey by yourself. You do. You have to walk that journey by yourself. There's no one there who's going to uh, stand with you, you know, throughout the whole journey. Um, you may be married, you may have a spouse, you know, but at the end of the day, your journey is your journey and you have to walk your journey alone. You have to walk your journey alone and you have to realize and understand that um, when you feel alone, you're not really alone. Of course, God is with you, but there are others. There are others who are also walking this journey and they're walking this thing out before God and they're walking it out alone. So, so, um, uh, he says here that, um, Elijah prayed and said, Lord, you know, they look at what they've done. I'm through praying for this people. I'm through praying for this people because no matter how much I pray, no matter what I do, no matter what I say to them, they still go and do what they want to do. <laughs> they still run back to their altars. They run back to their idols. They run back to Baal, you know, this pagan worship, you know, and, and, and they still do whatever they want to do and they will justify it. They will make a reason for it. They will say, Oh, God is okay with that. God doesn't, isn't worried about that. God doesn't, you know, doesn't care about that. Look what everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is doing it and they're fine. They're not going to hell and they're not, you know, this is the excuse and the reason that they uh, that they uh, continue to do whatever they want to do. They honestly think that God doesn't care or that God doesn't doesn't mind, you know, at all. <clears throat> and and it makes you feel alone. It makes you feel alone. It makes you feel like, wow, you know, am I the only one? Elijah is feeling like, wow, am I the only one who really, really, um, you know, wants to stand for um, complete, you know, complete righteousness and, and what uh, what God really wants and, and the 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 um, the truth of the kingdom, the truth of the kingdom. And am, am I really am I the only one who wants who is going to stand up for the kingdom of God and going to fight for the kingdom of God? Am I the only one who's going to stand and fight for truth? Am I the only one, you know, who's going to stand and defend the word of God? Am I the only one who's going to fight these demons off? Am I the only one who's going to, you know, uh, try to continue to break these chains off of this people? Am I the only one when these people are just doing whatever they want to do? They're killing us. You know, am I the only one who's going to stand there and blow the trumpet, even though they're killing us? You know, 
even though they're throwing down the altars, they trample the word under their feet. You know, it's like you're throwing pearls, your pearls before swine sometimes. Yeah. And, and so you're like, Elijah, he said, Lord, look at what they're doing. And, and, and I'm left alone. But what said the answer of God? What did God say to him? In other words, he said, I have reserved to myself. I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Now, can you imagine that, you know, you, you're thinking you're alone, but, but God tells you, no, I have many others. I have many others who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal, to the image of Baal. Um, you know, this is a very sensitive subject. I know it, it's, it's pretty sim- sensitive. Hello, uh, uh, Glim Encounter. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, it's a very touchy and sensitive subject because, um, there is a a a a a mindset a mentality uh, a journey that you a whole journey that you begin to take when you decide to walk according to complete truth complete truth and make no compromises and no excuses for it right and you will find that there are not many people who are who are on that journey or on that road. And sometimes you will doubt yourself and you will think, well, God, is this really necessary? Is this really necessary? I know the truth about this. I know the truth about that. You know, is it really necessary that, you know, that I sit here alone when everyone else in the world is doing this and getting away with it and they they seem to be fine? You know, is it really wrong? You know what I mean? And it can be anything. It can be anything that you feel convicted about because you know, or, you know, it's a personal conviction for you because you know the truth about that thing. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I ministered a message several months ago, or several messages actually, about God warning us to uh, stop eating things that have been sacrificed unto idols, not to partake in things that have been sacrificed unto idols. Um, and uh, uh, the other day I was, um, I saw a, a, a man, a minister, a man of God who was talking about this and he was saying, you know, uh, don't be so super deep and super spiritual that, you know, um, you're holier than thou that um, to think, he, he said, it's actually like a Pharisee mentality to think that, you know, um, there's something wrong with not celebrating, you know, certain holidays or whatever, you know, Christmas and stuff like that. He's like, ah, oh, we all know the meaning, the you know, that the, we all know, you know, where Christmas originated from. And I didn't say anything to anybody about it because these are my personal convictions, you know. Um, but I was just listening to this man and he was talking about it and he was like, you know, you know, you can say, oh, you know, you're not a man of God because you have a Christmas tree in your house. You're not a man of God because you celebrate Thanksgiving. You're not a man of God because you, you know, you're you celebrating this and that. And um, he was like, but, you know, he was like, but you're no different than a Pharisee when you say that, you know, about me. And um, I understand what he's saying. Um, and I know, you know, the scripture that, that speaks about, you know, if 
you know, if if my meat offends you, you know, that I won't eat it in front of you. Um, in other words, don't try to uh, judge another man for what he does or what he believes. If that's what he truly, if that's his, you know, what he truly believes in his heart is right. If he's not convicted about it, God is not convicting him about it. Then, you know, you have no right to convict him about it. And that is the reason why I don't, I don't, you know, talk about these things openly with others um, on here is because, you know, me not celebrating, uh, holidays or Christmas or whatever, Christmas trees and stuff like that. Me not doing that is my own personal conviction, but I don't judge anyone who is doing it. Um, I understand, you know, everyone has a different understanding and a different mentality, but, you know, when you are, um, when you know the truth about something and you choose to walk in that truth, then what you'll find is that others will begin to judge you though. You see, like, you know, they will begin to look at you as if you're the oddball and you're, you know, you're, you're crazy, you know, and why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you joining in with everyone else? And, um, and it makes me feel a certain way. I feel a certain way about that because I'm like, you know, I'm not bothering you. I'm, you know, you do your thing and leave me to do my thing. You know, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, but that's what we'll, that's what we'll get. And that's what we will, um, you know, I think this is part of what, uh, Elijah was feeling. I think he was feeling like he was alone because he's looking at, you know, what everyone else is doing is, is different from him. And then also, um, what is happening in the spirit realm behind it, what, what's actually being created in the spirit realm behind it is a greater battle. See, many people don't see that side. You're intensifying the battle. So those who are standing in, in proxy and in intercession now, we have to fight harder, stronger, and longer because of those who are intensifying the battle without realizing it. We give the enemy more power when we partake in what he sets before you at the table. We give him more power and then we join ourselves to that party and then we try to come back and say, you know, you know, after it's all said and done, we we try to come back and eat, you know, from the you know, from the table of God. And, 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 and God says, you can't eat from two tables. You can't eat from two tables. What you're doing is you're giving that, you're giving the enemy more power. Hey, sister Sherry, how are you? Welcome. You're giving the enemy more power and you're intensifying the battle because now he's gaining ground on us. You see in the realm of the spirit, we are united. We are one. In the realm of the spirit, we are one. Um, that's why when the when the Old Testament priests and, and, and prophets, when they would pray and intercede um, and repent, you know, to God uh, on behalf of the children of Israel, on behalf of the nation, they would say, Lord, we have sinned against you. Even this whole nation we have. And these men of God weren't the ones, you know, who had sinned against God, but they still joined themselves in unity to. Um, to this people because they were intercessors. They were interceding. They were standing in the gap for this people. And they understood that God sees us as one. He sees us as one. 
um, united as one. And the enemy knows that um, a kingdom divided cannot stand. Do you understand? He knows that a kingdom divided cannot stand. So what he will do is he will he will do things and use people to send division in among us to sow division and discord among us by making us to fight against each other and to misjudge each other and to, you know, and to tear down each other simply over over something as simple as a as a holiday or a tradition. Oh, because you don't celebrate then, you know, then, you know, what's wrong with you, you know, and there's nothing wrong with us. You know what I mean? It's like, there's nothing, no, there's nothing wrong. And in fact, we're not even judging you for what you're doing, but you automatically assume, or you feel judged, you feel intimidated because Someone else is not partaking or doing what you're doing. I'm talking about men and women of God. You know, this is I'm talking about the kingdom of God here. You know, we have to stop doing that. We have to stop doing that. You know, don't look down upon somebody else because they're not doing what you're doing, you know, or because they, you know, they're not, you know, saying, you know, the typical thing to say, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, you know, why, why, why would I wish you a Merry Christmas? I don't celebrate Christmas, you know, things like that. You know what I'm saying? So we have to stop doing that to each other. Um, it's the same thing that happened with the election. With the election, and I, I know I'm out a little bit here. I'm, I'm out on a limb. It's all right. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be back in a minute. Um, it's the same thing that happened with the election, though. You know, people, you know, people in the in the body of Christ some of them voted for Biden some of them voted for Trump and now those that voted for Biden those that voted voted for Trump excuse me are mad at those who voted for Biden and etc vice versa you know um you're upset you know uh, because you don't see eye to eye and but what happens is instead of sitting down to talk this thing out um you know, we immediately start to judge each other. We start to judge the other, you know, the other side, like, you know, don't you know, God don't like abortion. God don't like, you know, God don't like LGBTQ. Well, don't you know, God hate racism and blah, 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 you know, and these, you know, and these little wars and the devil is sitting back laughing at us. He's sitting back laughing at us. He's like, I got him again. (laughs) You know, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating because those, again, those who are standing in the gap and those who are interceding in prayer, we see this happening in the spirit. We can see. We can see. Those that are watching on the walls, we can see. We can see. And we can hear. We can hear. And and and, and we, we know what we're up against. And we can we can discern the movements of the enemy, how he's moving the spirits that he's sending out. And and when we you know, when we begin to gain ground now, you know, here comes the spirit of division is intensifying in the camp, in our own camp, in our own camp. Now, you know, here here the enemy is, you know, um, you know. It, it's like starting from ground zero almost. You know what I'm saying? Um, you really have to use your faith and you really have to 
go back to, you know, go back to uh, the truth that this is a fixed fight. You know, at the end of the day, Satan is defeated. We have to go back to that truth because if we get caught up in the middle and in and, and everything that we see and we hear happening in the realm of the spirit right now, we will defeat our own self. We will defeat our own self. We'll be like, you know, we'll be like, um, you know, like the enemy is, you know, wearying ourselves uh, in darkness and, 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 and fighting against each other. That's what, you know, and that's what I see happening in the realm of the spirit over so many trivial things, trivial things, trivial things like elections, trivial things like holidays, trivial things, you know, you shooting darts and stuff at people over trivial things. You're calling your brothers and sisters Pharisees because they don't celebrate because they don't want to put a tree in their house. How dare you? How can you do that? How can you do that? You know, it's really your own conscience is convicting you because you feel that, you know, you feel convicted and you're trying to blame it on somebody else. Well, deal with your own convictions then, you know, sort out in your heart whether you think this is right or, or actually not, you know, whether you actually think it's right or wrong. And then walk according to that, because the truth of the matter is that if your conscience is not condemning you, you haven't even sinned. So, you know, nobody's nobody's judging you, you know, and these are the kinds of things that continue to separate us, you know, and 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 it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see you actually people actually go out there and they make videos about this stuff, you know, and they post about this stuff and the whole world can see it and they can see that the body of Christ is even divided. So why would they want to join in with something like that? You know what I mean? Like we can't even stand in unity um, on one thing, you know, that's so important. We can't even stand in unity on the big things that matter, much less the trivial things. Um, but 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 the Bible says, you know, to um, it, it says in 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 malice be children, in malice be children. But you know, but in uh, you know, in, in, in wisdom, be men, you know what I mean? Like in, what does the scripture say? In malice, be children. Let me find that scripture because that's what's sticking out in my heart right now. Um, uh, be children in malice. Hold on. Cause I feel like God wants to say something right there. We have to realize that there's another side to this thing, you know, Everybody's not 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 sitting back. Um, okay, First Corinthians fourteen and twenty. It says, "Brethren, be not children in understanding, right? Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men." So we have to become a people who learn how to understand each other, how to understand each other. You know. Um, God, he's a God of wisdom and understanding and knowledge. You know, he says, I want the eyes of your understanding to be opened. Learn how to understand each other instead of bickering and fighting over this trivial stuff. It it makes no sense. It's foolishness. And the enemy is laughing at us. 
And we call ourselves intercessors and prayer warriors. And, you know, but these are the things that even make those who are standing in the gap. It makes it makes us weary. It makes us weary. And anyone, you know, can become weary, of course. But this is just adding an extra <laughs> a extra layer of unnecessary warfare here. That's what it's doing. And I hate to be the one, you know, to to bring the bad news. Seem like I'm always bringing the bad news. I promise you, I'm not a gloom and doom, you know, uh, person. But this is what I, this is what I'm seeing in the spirit, and it's and it's not good. It's not right, you know. It's not good. Um, but I did come here to encourage, you know, uh, to encourage someone. So, um, yeah, you know, this is what Elijah was saying. He was like, you know, look. <laughs> Uh, I, I seem to be alone in this thing. And he said, you know, um, look at what they're doing, God. You know, I'm the only one left and they seek to kill me. They want to kill me. Um, but but God said to him, I've reserved 7,000. So this is my encouragement to you is that God has so many others who are standing in the same place with you. He has so many others who are standing in unity with you when you feel I feel this and I feel this for somebody It's very strong. When you feel that you're standing alone, when you feel that you're standing alone, understand that you're not alone. God has thousands of others, thousands of others who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. We have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. We're still standing we're still standing and we're still fighting and we're still warring, even when, even through weariness, even through weariness. He says, even so, then at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, by grace, then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is normal, no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Amen. Um, so what he's saying here is that we have to understand that we are only standing and we are only warring by the grace of God. We're only able to continue to stand in the gap and intercede and pray and preach and teach and minister and share and heal and help and deliver and give only by the grace of God. If we start to think that it is according to our works, you know, that that we will win this thing or that we will overcome this thing or we will beat this thing or we will achieve any goal or anything that you that you know that you're dealing with in your life that is making you weary we have to understand that we are not we're not doing this thing uh, we can't start to do this thing with the mentality that it's your works that matter you know uh, because because then you will work harder Right. And then when you don't see the results that you want to see, you'll stop working. You'll stop working. You'll get tired of working. You see, we have to understand that we're operating under grace and, and the grace of God is actually Jesus Christ. I'm going to teach a message. I'm going to teach a uh, teach on that. God, God, what God revealed is that. 
grace is not just something of the air, like some, like, you know, it's not just, it's not even, um, it, 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 it is not a, a, a thing or a, uh, uh, I can't even call it an emotion or, you know, it, 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 it's not a thing. It is a person. It's a person. Grace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the one who's, he's our helper. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christ is our helper. Grace is, is help. Grace, grace to help in time of need. It is help for us. And our helper is the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of Christ. So, so grace is a person. The Bible says that Jesus forever stands uh, at, at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He is forever praying for us. If it were not for his prayers that are helping us, we would have failed a long time ago. We would have given up a long time ago. Grace is a person. Oh, yes, it is. Grace is a person in the man of Christ Jesus. That's that's what grace is. And so, you know, um, a lot of times we, we think, you know, oh, I'm under grace. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. You know, I can do this because I'm under grace. And, you know, God is going to still going to help me, you know, and things like that. But we have to understand that grace is 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 uh, is, is a person. Grace is Christ Jesus. And when we under deeper on this later, but I'm just sharing this with you now, if we can understand that, then we can begin to see that. This person was sent as an example for us to live by. His life was an example for us when he walked this earth. His life was our example. What does that mean? It means that 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 grace, Jesus set the example for us to live by. It, it doesn't mean that, you know, grace is some superficial, invisible thing that you can't see, but, but God extends it to you. It's just, he's helping you, you know, and so that, you know, and, and, and he's giving you grace so you can do what you want and you don't have to be, you know, walk according to the law. You don't have to, you know, uphold, you know, anything you don't, you know, I'm free from that because I'm under grace. No, grace is the actual example that was set for us to, to live by and to walk by. Can you hear that by the spirit? Can you hear that by the spirit? So when we look at grace this way, we see that our lives should should be in alignment. You know, we should be focused on walking like Jesus. That's why people call themselves Christians today. You know, that's why, well, the, they don't even understand that the uh, we were first called Christians at Antioch because the Romans wanted to single us out because he, they wanted to kill us. They wanted to kill anything that was walking around talking about they follow Jesus, <laughs> you know. So they started calling us Christians, but God didn't call us Christians. He called us saints. He called us um, his children, <laughs> you know, the children of Israel. They, they were not called Christians. They were called his children, 
right? The, his sons, his daughters, you know, his remnant, his uh, his called out ones, his, his chosen, his elect. He never called us Christians. He never called us Christians. But the Christian mentality says, this is maybe this is why we're failing. The Christian, uh, the average Christian mentality says that I'm under grace. But it also says, you know, I'm under grace, so I don't have to uphold the law anymore. You know, I'm free from the law. But it also says that, you know, um, I'm a Christian because I follow Jesus. I'm walking in the footsteps of Jesus. So how is it that you're walking in the footsteps of Jesus, who was the example, but you are not, you're not doing the things that Jesus did. You still want to, you know, use grace as a scapegoat to do what you want to do. When Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. I came to fulfill it. And the way he chose to fulfill it was to demonstrate love, true love, true love. All of his actions and the things that he did and did not do before the father were out of love. It was because he loved the father so much that he wanted to please him. He wanted to please his father. He wanted to please his father. And he understood that loving him this way meant loving everyone else, you know? And the best way you can love people is to, is to be an example of, of Jesus. Be the example of grace. Be the example. Try to align your life with the life of Jesus. If you really want to call yourself a Christian, <laughs> you know, I think calling ourselves a Christian today is just like putting ourselves un our, under the yoke because Christians they have a bad rep. I'm just saying. But, you know, if you really want to call yourself Christ like and you really want to say that you're under grace, then our life should, you know, we should start aligning our life with the life of Jesus, not with the life of you know, everybody else or what everybody else is doing or what everybody else is, you know, is saying. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many there be that go in that way. Many, many. You have to withdraw from the many. Withdraw yourself from the many. Separate yourself from the many. And that's where you will find the pathway of Christ Jesus. That's where you find the grace. Straight and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. He came to give us eternal life, but we don't want to walk the straight and narrow way. We don't want to walk. We don't want to walk the way, um, you know, the path of, of resistance. We want to walk the path, the path of least resistance, <laughs> you know. But when we choose to walk the pathway of resistance, we begin to, we find ourselves like this man, Elijah, feeling alone. We find ourselves feeling alone. 
you know, because we see you look around us and you see that there's only a few (laughs) on this road right here. God said, I've reserved unto myself 7,000 in that day, in Elijah's day. And that's not a lot of people, actually, (laughs) you know, when you in comparison to the amount of people in the earth, that's not that's not a lot of people. You know, a a, a, a preacher can gather 7000 in one of his in his mega um, mega ministry uh, stadium on one Sunday, <laughs> you know, so that's not really that's not a lot of people. So. What is God saying here? He's saying you're not alone. Keep walking on this road. Now I'm going to give you um, another person because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, right? So David, let's look at Psalm 102. Psalm 102. And let's look at David. Okay. Uh, Psalm 102 and verse seven. It says, I watch and am as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. He says, I'm watching, I'm a watchman and I'm like a sparrow alone upon the housetop. My enemies reproach me all day and they that are mad against me are sworn against me. I've eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping, right? And he's talking about, um, uh, well, in this case, he was, he, he was under correction. But he felt alone. He says, I watch. I'm watching all this because David's heart, you know, David. Yeah. You know, he 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 made mistakes, but his heart was right before God. That's why the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. His heart was right before God. He was just, you know, he was he, he just he made he made a lot of foolish mistakes, you know. Um, but, you know, those mistakes he made in his flesh. But his spirit, his heart was right before God. He said, I'm watching all this go down and I'm like a sparrow alone upon the housetop. I'm like a sparrow alone. Right. Um, uh, I think there was another prophet who said that if you can. uh, It was it Hosea. Mm, Haggai was one of the uh, prophets who they. In the in well the book that the, the books of what they call the minor prophets, I don't think that there are any minor prophets actually. I think you know, not because God has no respect of persons. I don't think there are any minor prophets. But in the smaller books of the prophets uh, in the Bible, one of those um, also felt this way. And if you can think of it, if you know his name, um, you can share it with me here. But um, but yeah, you know. This is this is how this is how it makes people feel. I think nobody really looks at it from this way. Um, You know, you don't think about, you know, how you're making the people feel who are not who are choosing not to do the things that everyone else is doing. You know, I I don't think so. Um, Now, you know. What does God say about feeling weary because that, of course that's not the only way that people feel weary but that's that's how I've been feeling weary I'm just you know I'm just keeping it real with y'all um that's how I've been feeling weary I've been feeling like wow you know everybody else is doing this and that you know um 
it, it kind of makes you feel like, you know, you should, you know, you want to compromise and just, you know, take it easy, take a load off. You know, it's not, it's not all that what you think, you know what I mean? But you know, somebody has to stand, somebody has to stand, right? So Psalm 102, excuse me, uh, not Psalm 102. Let's look at um, Isaiah 40. This is what the Lord wants us to do when we're weary, when we're weary, when we're feeling weary. Um, this is what the Lord wants us to do. Um, Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Uh, well, let's just start at, um, hold on here. Mm. Hold on a second. My dog is like scratching at the door. Be quiet, please. <laughs> um, Isaiah 40 and verse 28. It says, has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Now, the question is, you know, um, is it wrong to feel weary then? Because God doesn't get weary. Um, does it mean you don't love God because you get weary? You know, um, we have to understand that the spirit is always willing, but the flesh gets weak. God is a spirit. That's why he never gets weary. He does not have flesh. He doesn't have flesh and blood. He says, hast thou not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Ah, so perhaps the reason he doesn't faint or get weary is because his understanding is endless. Remember what we talked about earlier about having understanding and understanding be men. So God doesn't get weary, number one, because he doesn't have a flesh suit, right? He doesn't have an earth suit. He's straight spirit, right? And the, and the scripture to, we just saw here in Galatians where it says that he that sows to his flesh shall shall reap of the flesh corruption, but he that sows to the spirit shall reap of the spirit everlasting life, right? So what does that say? That says that um, if the spirit is always willing, but the flesh is weak, right? Then when we feel weariness, it is our flesh that is feeling weary. It is our flesh that's feeling weary. The enemy has lured you away from the spirit realm and into the flesh. Now you're thinking in the realm of flesh. I'm talking about your thinking. Your mentality has become a fleshly uh, understanding instead of a spiritual understanding. Now you're understanding, you're seeing through the eyes of the flesh instead of the eyes of the spirit. Yeah, because your understanding has eyes. The eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Now, here we go. Let us not be weary in well-doing, he says, right? For in due season, we reap if we faint not. Well, the Lord said, 
I faint not, neither am I weary. Because there is no searching of my understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. By what? By what? By giving them understanding. By giving us understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength by giving us understanding. His strength is made perfect in our weakness because he gives us understanding. He gives us understanding, which is what I'm I'm trying to bring to you today. The Lord is trying to give to us today an understanding here with all our getting. Let us get a good understanding. Right. Right. Verse 30, it says, even the youths shall faint and be weary. The youths, (laughs) the youths. See, he's the everlasting God, but the youth, the youth, right? And the young men shall utterly fall. So who is the youth? The young men is talking about people, mankind. Mankind shall faint and be weary. So there's not one of us who can stand here and say that we've never felt weary or that we've never felt faint hearted, you know, because we have all felt it. We have all began to see things through the eyes of the flesh rather than the eyes of the spirit. When you see something happening in the spirit realm. You know, and if you're a prophetic person, you can hear and see things in the spirit realm constantly that you don't even want to see or hear. Trust me. (laughs) But you're seeing and hearing these things. And it and it makes, you know, it, it will make your flesh if you consider it too long. If you don't reach for the understanding. Right. If you don't reach for the understanding from God, it will make your flesh feel faint and weary. You begin to, you know, your mentality, you know, your mind will become weary. When we say flesh, I'm not talking about the physical flesh. I'm talking about there is a thought process that is fleshly. It is carnal. You're thinking according to what you feel, according to your soulish realm. Right. Which is your mind, your will and your emotions. Now you've allowed your emotions to come in and your emotions are talking to you and and dictating to you a different mentality or a different thought. So in order to. Overcome that, we have to. Be able to pull those thoughts down. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down, right, of the strongholds, casting down those imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge or the understanding of God, right? So it says the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. If you don't do this, You will utterly fall. You will utterly fall, which is what the enemy wants us to do. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Why? 
because he gives us a fresh revelation or a fresh understanding, a fresh outlook on the matter about the thing that is causing you to feel weary. What he does is he takes your mind and he and he he pulls your mind and your thoughts out of the realm of the carnal and and back up into the realm of the spirit. But you have to do what? It says you have to wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It doesn't say, oh, okay. It doesn't say that he renews your strength. It says that you renew your strength. So there's something you have to do there. You renew your strength. How do you renew your strength? By waiting upon the Lord. Now let's talk about this word wait. Because the word waiting on the Lord, it doesn't mean that uh, welcome, uh, uh, I'm a patience, welcome to you. Um, welcome to you, woman of God. Um, it doesn't mean that um, you're just sitting back doing nothing. It doesn't mean that you're just sitting back doing nothing. It means that you are attending upon um, what God is saying. To wait means it has two meanings, okay? Wait in the in the natural world, it means to, you know, to sit back and to wait, right? You're I'm waiting on, you know, I'm waiting on um my sister, she'll be here in a minute. You know, she'll be here at two o'clock. I'm 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 here 10 minutes early. I'm just gonna sit back and wait. And you're sitting there doing nothing. But in the spirit realm, the world, the word wait means to continue as you are to continue doing. Wait means like uh, continue working like a waiter in a, in a restaurant or a waitress. The, this person is attending upon the person at the table. They're attending upon the table. They're serving the table, right? They're waiting on the table. They're serving the table. So the people at the table are placing their orders and the waiter is not just sitting back, you know, listening and doing nothing. But the waiter is working, says, oh, OK, you, you want this? Let me go. Let me go get that for you. I'll, you know, um, it, it'll be right out. Right. So so you're serving. So what the Lord is saying here is that they who continually serve me. Mm -hmm. They that continually serve me. Yeah. You're when you, when you wait upon me, you're not, I'm not telling you to sit back and do nothing. I'm telling you to continue to serve me because after you finish serving me, you know, when you're serving me, guess what? Yeah, while you're serving me, the Lord says, while you are serving me, guess what? I'm also going to reward you. I am also rewarding you. See, when the waiter waits upon the table, he's working or she. But if her if she's serving that table, then the right thing to do for those patrons at the table is to leave a reward, leave a tip, 
you know, um, encourage her, thank her and or him and to leave a tip. There shall be a reward. Now, if this is man's way, how much more God? If this is man's way of doing it, how much more God? He says, if you wait on me, if you continue to serve me in this, I know everybody's not, you know, I know it's not popular right now. I know they don't all see it right now. They're not all walking according to, you're not all walking according to the same truth right now. Maybe they're not seeing it yet. You know, maybe they don't understand why you don't participate in certain things. Maybe they don't understand why you don't want a Christmas tree in your house. Maybe they don't understand why you don't celebrate Christmas and Halloween and all these pagan. And they say, oh, well, you know, most of what we most of what the Christian church does is pagan. I mean, we live in a pagan world. How can you not have pagan practices even when you don't know it? But uh, but we're walking according to the knowledge of the truth. So what we do know, we walk according to that. And maybe everyone else hasn't come into that knowledge yet, or maybe they're still on the fence, right? But the Lord is saying to you and to me, I will speak to my, I'll preach to myself because I'm the one who's been feeling this. The Lord is saying to me, if you continue to wait upon me, if you continue to serve me, your reward is great. Your reward is great. There are great rewards for those who wait. There are great rewards for those who wait upon the Lord. There are great rewards. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, in due season, in due season, you shall reap in due season if you faint not. If you faint not, keep serving me. In serving your my people, in serving my people, you're serving me. Keep serving them. Yes, they may reject you. Yes, they may kill you. At the end of the day, they may, you know, they're, they may persecute you. At the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do. But I told you to keep blowing the trumpet. I told you to keep serving them. I told you to keep showing up to the battle. I told you to keep praying. I told you to keep standing in the gap. I told you to keep making intercession because when I look for an intercessor and I don't find anyone standing there, it doesn't make me happy that I have to do it myself. When I gave you a charge and a command, I gave you a mandate. I gave you an assignment. Do what I called you to do. Continue to wait on my people. Continue to serve them. When, you, when you're doing it unto them, you're doing it unto me. See, we have to understand that God is not like man. God is not like man. God is long-suffering. He is merciful, wishing that all would be saved, none would be lost. But the scripture also says, wishing that all will come into the knowledge of the truth. So some of us just have to stand here and wait. 
We have to keep working and waiting on our brothers and sisters to come into the knowledge of the truth, to come into the knowledge of the truth, right? And it's not easy. You will feel like Elijah felt. You will feel like David felt. You will feel like the prophets felt. You will feel alone. You will feel alone. You will feel tired. You will feel overburdened. Why am I doing all this? Is it, is it really making a difference? Is anybody getting delivered? Is anybody getting a breakthrough? You know, is anybody getting saved? Can they even hear this word? Who is this even for, Lord? You know? But he said, your rewards are great. Your rewards are great. In due season, you will reap. If you faint not, I'm not talking about in the sweet by and by when you get to heaven. I'm talking about your due season. Yeah, your due season. There is a set time to favor Zion. Zion, you have a due season, man of God, woman of God. You have a due season. As long as the earth remains, there shall be seed time and harvest. You have a due season. There there shall be summer and winter. You have a due season. There shall be cold and heat. You have a due season. There are four seasons in this in this in this earth. You you have a due season. There's summer, winter, fall, and spring. And then there's a season that's called due season. There is a season called due season. There's a season called due season. The Lord says, if you faint not, your due season is coming. I'm not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, how you've ministered to my people and do minister. I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten you. Right now you're in the battle of your life, but I have not forgotten you. There's a day that comes that God will remember. (laughs) And I want to say he's never forgotten, actually. He didn't forget about Hannah. when, When the Bible says God remembered, it doesn't mean that he forgot. It means that he brought it, he had it brought before him. He had the books brought before him. He said the, the, the word remember when it comes to God means to bless. That's what the Holy Spirit just said to me. He says, if I remember you, it doesn't mean I ever forgot you. It means that I am blessing you. And the Lord remembered Sarah and opened her womb. Blessing. Blessing. Your due season is coming. I feel this so strong for somebody. Oh, my Sierra Your due season is coming that the Lord will remember you and open your womb. Huh. That thing that you have been putting on the back burner because you were serving God's people, that thing that, that desire in your heart, that desire in your heart that you didn't even want to bring before the Lord because you're like, God, you know. They come first. 
-hmm. They come first. I'm not going to put my desires up here on your altar. I'm going to continue to put the needs of the people on your altar. But he said, if you delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, you've been forgetting about yourself or you've been putting yourself last. You've been putting your desires last for the needs of my people. I've not forgotten you. He says, I've not forgotten you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Now, I find it interesting. It says that they shall mount up with wings as eagles or like eagles. I heard a man of God minister a message about this. And he says that an eagle has to renew its strength, has to renew itself every 30 years or 33 years or something like that. Um, the eagle will fly away into a mountain somewhere to renew itself. An eagle is the, is, is, is the most majestic bird. It is the most majestic animal on the earth is the eagle. The eagle is the wisest animal on the earth. The eagle understands that there comes a time when they have to renew themselves. How do you renew yourself? Sometimes, you know, if you look at this eagle, it says that the eagle will fly away. Oh, that I had wings of a dove that I might fly away and, and be at rest. The eagle will fly away. Sometimes you have to withdraw from the people to renew your strength. Am I still praying for you? Yes. Am I still, you know, standing in the gap? Yes. Am I still fighting the battle? Yes. But the Lord says, sometimes you have to withdraw yourself to renew your strength. He said that the eagle, when he goes into the mountain, he will um, pluck out his, because his claws become old and, and worn. And he will pluck out his, his, his own claws so he can grow new ones. He will pluck out the old feathers so he can grow new ones. He will knock his beak upon a rock and strike it over and over and over again. Painfully, so that he can knock it off and grow a new beak. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that? His beak becomes old. This man of God, this was, uh, this was, uh, um, oh gosh. I don't even remember the name. <laughs> oh, Jesus. My mind is not there. But but um, yeah, do your research on how the ego renews its strength. And um, 
it's a painful process, basically. It's a painful process is what I'm trying to say. It's a painful process. <laughs> you know, it don't feel good, you know, um, but, you know, sometimes, but this is what is necessary to give him another 30 or 33 years, you know? And so there's different ways, you know, you don't stop, you don't stop doing what you're doing because if you stop in the midst of the battle, you know, then you will lose more ground. You will lose even more ground. The enemy will gain more ground, more territory. We know at the end of the day, he's a defeated foe, but at the, but yeah, but in the, in the meantime, you know, souls are at stake. That's the problem. Souls are at stake. This war is a war over souls. The whole reason God gave you a ministry or gave you a, you know, put a calling on you is for souls. It's, it was never about us. It's about souls. So, you know, souls are at stake. That's the only, that's what the, the only thing the enemy is fighting for is, is souls. He wants to gain more territory. He wants to gain more souls. So this is about souls. So you don't stop fighting. You don't stop praying. You don't stop, you know, going to bat for the souls. But sometimes you have to withdraw yourself from the faces of men so that you can renew your strength. Does that make sense? The eagle, see, the eagle still has to, he still got to eat. <laughs> You know, he still has to, you know, he still has to live, you know, so he doesn't stop living and, and you know, and, and he doesn't, but he withdraws himself into the mountain. Go away and spend time, you know, personal time with the Lord, just you, you know, and the Lord, you know, take a day or so and just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, you know, you have to do that. You have to do that. You don't stop. You don't stop the, you know, you don't stop the the, the battle. You don't stop. But you, you have to withdraw sometimes. You have to withdraw sometimes. Not alone, not to be alone, but to be alone with God, to be alone with God so that he can give you a clearer uh, understanding on things. He can give you a fresh perspective. Go back to the word and get a fresh perspective, a fresh understanding. So you can come back renewed. Amen. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Now you're running in the strength of the word. And the word is not weary because God is not weary. And God is a word. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. God is not weary because the word, his word is not weary. <laughs> his word never returns to him void. They shall run and not be weary because they're running in the strength of the word and they shall walk and not faint because God doesn't faint. Amen. So I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, I know I was kind of all over the place. I was kind of, you know, sorting through 
some some thoughts and some things myself, honestly. And that's why this is kind of, you know, um, um, unexpected, you know, I, because I wasn't going to come on today at all. I wasn't going to come on, but I, 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 I just, you know, felt if I didn't do it and God was telling me to do it, then, you know, certain people who needed to hear it, um, wouldn't have it. And then God would hold me accountable. Um, so I wanted to come on and share this with you guys and just be very, uh, transparent, you know, with y'all. And um, yeah, uh, pray that this helps somebody. Amen. Pray that this helps somebody. So just remember, you know, um, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't think that you're alone. You're not alone in this thing. You know, number one, don't, don't think you're alone. Uh, number two, you know, uh, go back to the Lord and go back to the word of God and, 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 and get, a fresh perspective, a fresh understanding, and a fresh outlook uh, on 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 whatever it is that you that that is making you feel weary. Yeah, because these are thoughts that are that are making you feel this way. And uh, and number three, you know, um, um, understand or realize that um, it is your understanding. It is it is your understanding that's going to bring you through this thing. It is your understanding that's going to bring you through. Um, you have to be able to uh, understand that God has not uh, forgotten about you. That God has not left you. That He's not forsaken you. He hasn't, you know, um, and that you, you know, you're not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. I know this sounds uh, simple, simple and cliche, but it's absolute truth. Um, so yeah, that's what we want to, that's what I wanted to share with you guys today. And don't be judging people, you know, because of what they do or don't do, you know, uh, you know, don't, don't be judging people because of their meat. I think that's in first Corinthians talking about, you know, uh, judging people according to what they do. I want to say something really quickly though, about this word judge judging, because I hate the way that it's used. Um, when we say don't judge, what it really means is what we're really saying is don't, don't condemn me. Don't condemn me. Don't look down on me, you know, because I'm, you know, because you think that, that I'm not as good as you, or you think that I'm, you know, I'm beneath you or I'm doing something wrong. Don't condemn me. Let's start saying don't condemn me because Satan is the one who condemns. God convicts, but God also judges. See, Satan does not judge. That's why he tries to get us in the trap of, you know, well, don't judge me. You judge me, you're wrong. You judge me, you know, you, you know, it's wrong. To just, it's a sin to judge me and all that kind of stuff. That's demonic. Let's come away from that mentality. Don't judge me. Satan is saying that because God is the only judge. And he said that his saints shall judge all things. He says, know you not that that the saints shall judge all things. So they that are in God. We judge all things. It's our job to judge. <laughs> you remember the book of Judges? Hello. You know, it is our job to judge. That that's that that's demonic. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. 
No, what you're saying is don't condemn me. And those who are really in the Lord and really love God and love his people, we don't condemn anyone because we understand that we understand that Satan is the one who condemns, not us. God never condemns anyone, you know, but he will convict us so that we can repent and get on the right track. That's all we're trying to say. We got to stop all this. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. You're just being defensive because you feel condemned. What? Well, who's really condemning you? Is it the person condemning you or is it your own conscience that's condemning you? Let's just tell the truth. If you know in your conscience, if your conscience is telling you that you're doing something wrong and it's condemning you, then that person is not condemning you because they call it out. You know, they may be the Lord may be using that person to bring conviction so you can turn around and get on the right track. But it doesn't mean that, 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 you know, that God is condemning you or that the person is even condemning you. You have to understand the spirit that the person is coming, is coming from, you know, if you can, if you can sense that this person is coming from a a place of care, you know, and love, then why do you feel condemned? Ask yourself, you know, why do I feel condemned here? Is it really this person that's condemning me or is it my conscience that's that's convicting me of sin? Point blank period. We all have to apply the same rule to ourselves. So we need to come away, come away from all this. You know, don't judge me. Don't judge me because I'm doing that. Don't judge me because I'm doing that because you do it, too. You know, that's that's that. Look, that's the devil's game. He want to keep us in that. He want to keep us in that, you know, in that little trap forever. Let's come out of the trap. Let's come out of the trap. Okay. Anyway, I love you guys. And I I pray that this word was a blessing to uh, to somebody here. Um, God bless y'all. I love you. And uh, I will. um, I I just want to pray for uh, for someone's strength today. I pray, Father God, that you will give uh, each and every listener, each and every person who comes across this message, Lord, that you will open the eyes of their understanding, that you will cause your strength to be made perfect in their weakness, that you will release your truth to them. And the wisdom of your word, Father God, will bring them enlightenment, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they will begin to understand and know, uh, know your love and know the truth, Father. Uh, concerning uh, the thing that is making them weary, Father God, uh, whatever the enemy is is telling them, whatever lie, whatever deception that he is feeding to them, Father God, I pray, Lord God, that the scales would fall from their eyes today and that the, that the light of your truth will shine into their heart and their eyes of their understanding will be open and that they will begin to uh, Receive wisdom and under, uh, wisdom and instructions from you uh, on how to renew their strength, how to renew their strength. I pray, Father God, that you will grace them, that your strength will be made perfect in their weakness, that they will see that they will will uh, see Jesus Christ, that they will see Christ 
as the example and that they will go back to the pattern, go back to the blueprint of Christ and, 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 and begin to uh, find strength there, begin to find strength there that they can move on. You said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through you to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of your word. Father, give us the strength to pull down these high things and to bring our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of your word, to put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation in Jesus' mighty name, that our minds may be covered, O oh Father God. Lord, we thank you and we give you glory. We give you praise, Father God. You said we're not alone, that you have so many others who have not bowed the knee to Baal nor kissed the graven image. I thank you, Father God, and I pray for those, oh Lord God, that you will strengthen them as well, that you will, uh, that you will um, increase them in knowledge and understanding and in wisdom. And Father God, in, that your strength will be made perfect in their weakness, in Jesus' mighty name. Give us the spirit of endurance and the spirit, oh Father God, to continue on in the faith, in Jesus' mighty name, that we may reap the reward and that we may um, reap in due season that we may see our due season and faint not in Jesus name. We pray. We give you thanks, praise, glory, and honor. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.